Hello, this is Reverend Erehim. I'm glad to come to you through this medium. As you listen to the word of God today, I pray that you will be impacted, your life will be transformed, and you experience God. Kingdom blessings. So breaking through for the miracles. Breaking through for the miracles. Mark chapter 4, verse 1 to 12. Mark chapter 4, verse 1 to 12. And again, he entered Capernaum after some days, and it was heard that he was in the house. Immediately, many gathered together so that there was no longer room to receive them, not even near the door. And he preached the word to them. Then they came to him, bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. And when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. So that, so when they had broke through, so I want you to underline that. They laid down the bed on which the paralytic was. When Jesus saw their faith, he now said to the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven. And some of the scribes were sitting there reasoning in their heart. But why does this man speak blasphemous things like this? Who can forgive sins but only God? God alone. But immediately Jesus perceiving their spirit that they, they reason does within themselves. Then said to them, why do you reason about these things in your heart? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven. Or to say, arise, take your bed and walk. But when that, but that you may know that the son of man has the power on earth to forgive sins. And he said to the paralytic, I say to you, arise, take up your bed and go to your house. Immediately he arose and took up his bed out of the presence of them so that they were amazed and glorified God saying, we have never saw anything like this. Hallelujah. He saw anything like this. That's Bible, eh? So it's not my... Gra- we have never... Uh, that one. <laughs> All right. So in this story, there are four main characters. Jesus, the paralytic man, the four friends, and the scribes. And the Bible says here that and Jesus came into Capernaum after many days. Now, why Capernaum? What is in Capernaum? In a synoptic gospel, which is Matthew, Mark, and John, Jesus chose this town to be the center of his ministry after leaving Nazareth. So Jesus was born in Nazareth, grew up in Nazareth, but he migrated or more or less stayed in Capernaum. And from Capernaum, he launched his ministry of teaching and performing wide array of miracles over a three-year span. It is even believed by Bible historians that 
that the apostles Peter, Andrew, James, and John, and Matthew were all from their hometown was Capernaum. So it's like possibly you grew up in some part of Accra, but maybe part of, but he was in Nazareth, but Nazareth and Capernaum were very close. And Capernaum was where he launched his ministry. Let me just leave it that way. So in his adult life, Jesus stayed in Capernaum. And the Bible says here that he was teaching. So now he always comes to Capernaum. That was the epic center of his preaching and ministry. So if, um, like, like he himself said, that we should start from Jerusalem. So I would say that the Jer- uh, Capernaum was like his Jerusalem. That was where he dwelt among people and gave parables and healed the sick and all that. And the Bible says here that he came to Capernaum and was preaching. And a large crowd gathered. And I was checking some stuff. I was told normally in Capernaum, in those days, historically, a house could, could have a big hall, about 50 people. Maybe with three doors or four doors. So it was a natural, when the archaeologists went to dig, they found out that in Capernaum, they found that houses were that big. That means that Jesus Christ was probably preaching to about 50 people or in a small space. And this man, there was no room for this man to be. The Bible said that because he was preaching, there was no room for anyone to come in. So just assume that Jesus Christ was here and he was preaching the word and there was no room for anybody to come in. Crowd is here. But four friends of the paralytic man heard about Jesus and decided to help the gentleman. Sometimes you come to a point where there's no mobility in your life. There's no mobility in your marriage. There's no mobility in your family, business or career. So you realize that there comes a time that in your life, because now I'm not talking about somebody being paralyzed, but sometimes in our life, as we journey into destiny, we come to a place where it looks as if our life is paralyzed. There's no mobility. There's no, there is no you moving into the next level. So sometimes for two years, you find yourself going around cycles and it's like you can feel that something is not right. Is somebody hearing me here right now? So the, the, the paralyzed gentleman, that was his situation. And normally when you're paralyzed, it means you cannot walk. But one of the things I want us to look at is that the second character, the second type of character we see in this text is the four friends. And I want to find a way of picking the four friends to explain four people you need in your life. Number one friend is compassion. One of the friends had compassion. So they know that their friend, which was the fifth friend, the paralytic man, was paralyzed. He couldn't move. When you're paralyzed, you can't walk on your own. You can't do anything on your own. You must be forced to eat. But the first friend that he had was compassion. Um, You need a man and a woman of compassion around you. Not somebody who is critical about your situation or pass judgment on you. But somebody who 
when he sees the challenge you are in, he's ready to stretch out and help. Because when you have pity on people, it's like, God is you. But the Bible says when Jesus saw the crowd, he had compassion. So one of the friends you need in your life is somebody or this man needed in his life for that matter. It's somebody who had compassion. You don't make people worse by harmful words, but willing to help. Psalm 68 verse 15 says that, but thou, O Lord, Psalm 68 verse 15 says that, but thou, O Lord, art a God of full of compassion and gracious, long-suffering and plenteous in mercy and truth. So compassion is very important. So one of this gentleman's friends had compassion. Number two, one had faith. If you are going to see what God will do in your life, this faith is very important. That's how come Jesus Christ, when he died and resurrected, had left. When Peter and John were going into the temple, he said that, he says that silver and gold we don't have, but in the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and what? Faith. I don't know about you, but you must believe in the power of prayer and faith. Hallelujah. So this other friend had faith that when we see Jesus, our friend will be healed. Matthew chapter 17 verse 20. So Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, for I should have said to you, if you have faith as a master seed, you shall say to this mountain, move from there, here to there, and it will move, and nothing shall be impossible for you. So you see here that Jesus Christ was talking about the fact that we must have faith. One of the things, the friends that this man had was faith. So number one, compassion. Number two is faith. Number two is faith. He had a, one of the friends who had faith. Number three friend is determination. This friend had determination. You could have compassion. You could have faith. But you will meet a resistance and you could give up. But this friend had determination. determination. He had no doubt that by carrying his friend and pushing through, the friend will be healed. Am I speaking to somebody this morning? The Bible says that the place was so crowded that they could not enter. So the friend said, look, let's not leave our friend here. No matter how the place is, is crowded, we shall enter. Hallelujah. So Isaiah 50 verse 7 says that, Isaiah 50 verse 7 says that, for the Lord shall help me, therefore I will not be disgraced. Therefore, I have set my feet as a flint. So, it was not enough that the friend, one friend had compassion, one friend had faith, but another friend had determination. So, for you to get the miraculous, now, I'm trying to, to, to not you know that you must be determined, and this friend had determination. Otherwise, they could have faith. They could have compassion. And the place was crowded. And his assignment was to make sure that they can unroof the place. Because it was, 
it was out of the box. It was unconventional that you go to somebody's house and go and unroof it. But that act of determination. The fourth friend was a friend of love. God's love is perfecting love. You must have friends in your life who are not like Job. Friends. Who come and tell you that curse God and die. These friends were, glo- his friends were godly. That's why the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 13 verse 1. That let brotherly love continue. And the Bible says here that these four friends. So now we have number one friend, compassion. Number two friend, faith. Number three friend, and number fourth friend, love. Love was like no matter what has happened. And the Bible says that when they went, the place was so choked that the guys jumped on the roof and unroofed it. Now the Bible says in the scriptures here, let's go to verse 5. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. So now, when these four friends went and pushed through and brought their friend down into Jesus' midst, Jesus saw their faith. So, one of the things you have to know is that you must have a friend of compassion. A friend of faith. A friend of determination. And a friend of love. Somebody hear me this morning. The Bible says, when Jesus saw their faith, he said that, son, your sins are forgiven. All of a sudden, the second category of people that were in the same service, let's say a service like this, were the scribes and the Pharisees. These were two distinct group of people the scribes had the knowledge of the law and could draft legal documents and mortgages and inheritance. In every village, there was a scribe. And the Pharisees were members of the party that believed in resurrection, following legal traditions, and they ascribed not to the Bible, but the tradition of the fathers. I want you to track with me. So, in every region, you find these people who are scribes and Pharisees in every religion. And those people love the religion than the interpretation of the love of God. So the Bible says that, look at what has happened. Let's go to Luke chapter 5 verse 17. And I want you to know that sometimes they are scribes and Pharisees around you. Luke chapter 5 verse 17. It says, and now it happened that on a certain day, as Jesus was teaching, there were some Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem. And the power of God was there to heal them. And behold, men brought a man who was paralyzed, who they sought to bring him in to lay before him. And when they could not find 
they might bring him in because of the crowd, they went up to the housetop and let him down with his bed through the tiling into the midst of Jesus Christ. So now we are seeing one of the synoptic gospels, which is Luke, also narrating the same things. And the Bible said that there were scribes and teachers. And sometimes you must be careful that if you are going to receive a breakthrough, you must be very careful about scribes and teachers. They love the religion more than love of God. And there are some people found in church who are like scribes and teachers. When the power of God is, uh, is moving, they are calculating. The grammar was not right. When I read that book, the theology was not right. And it's very important that if you're going to have a breakthrough, I'm not saying that we are, and by God's grace, one of the things I'll say is that everybody pastoring every ICGC church is competent and be trained by ICGC through modular programs, through whatever. So an ICGC church is well equipped and well furnished. We have doctors, we have MP holders, and these are people who have studied the act of theology and ministry. So sometimes, but you can develop a religious spirit. That is why when you are in this church, be careful of people who are so religious, but they forget about the power of God. I'm not saying that we shouldn't speak good English. I'm not saying, <laughs> I'm not saying that we should take a mob stick and say it's a gun and you are shooting the devil. I don't do that because that is an irrelevant it is out of the, it is, I don't want to talk I'm, I'm on it so they are scribes so now Jesus Christ was preaching and teaching the power of God was there to heal but yet they were now calculating what, why should that happen, but his friends broke through, I pray for you that in the name of Jesus, God will give you friends who can push you to break through into your next level. But the amazing thing that happened is that when there was the power of God was healed, some people with a critical nature didn't benefit from the power of God. They were so critical about asking why Jesus Christ can forgive sins. Jesus Christ said, oh, if it is forgiving sins, that is your matter now. Now, I command you to arise, take up your bed, and walk. Who told you the Son of Man cannot forgive sins? Because the only person who can forgive sins is Jesus Christ. So if you have a problem with this, and I know what is in your heart, now I'm commanding you. But one of the things I like is that when he had asked the man, and from when I did all the research, what happened is that people felt that his father had sinned. Somebody said he himself had sinned. But the Bible says that when Jesus Christ said, I have forgiven your sins, you now command and take up your bed and walk. So until you take up what was taking you up and carrying you yourself, nobody can do it for you. This chair I have you. <laughs> it shows the quality. We ordered it. Have you seen this? 
Have you seen this kind of chair in any auditorium? Yes. I don't want to talk. Now, so Jesus Christ began to tell the man, so in your life, you must be careful that you have Jesus. Number two, you have some friends. And all of us, you must have a friend who has compassion. You must have a friend who has faith. Ah, you must have a friend who has determination. You must have a friend who has love. And they carried him. And the Bible says, so sometimes, and I want you to know that in the coming year, we must go into people's lives and help them back to church. We will not leave them to be paralyzed. Sometimes you are paralyzed in your marriage. You are paralyzed in your relationship. Which friend do you have? The man couldn't walk. But when he met Jesus, Jesus said that, alright, that means that one of the key things for your miracle clause is that people can bring you to a point. But the miracle lies in your own hands. That means that you can have faith, you can have compassion, you can have determination, you can have love, but until you yourself take action in a critical situation, look at the guy was paralyzed. But what happened? The Bible is when they saw, when Jesus saw them, may we have friends who we can see, God can see their faith. Don't have, I was telling people that your friends should always point you to God. Any friend that takes you away from God is not right. And if you are a lady here, you are a young man here, when somebody comes into your life and says that I want to marry you, I'm interested in you, whatever you call it nowadays. If the person starts taking you away from God, question mark. If the person start disrespecting spiritual things, question mark. Above all, when the person disrespects pastors, question mark. It's both men and women. Very important. So, you must have these friends in your life. And the Bible says that these friends heard that Jesus was in town. And that Jesus was preaching Capernaum. The whole room was full. There was no space. But these friends said that we cannot allow our friend to remain in that place. So they carried him. May you be a carrier of weak people. And the Bible says that they broke through. Some said they broke through. And when Jesus saw their faith, he now said that your sins are forgiven. Then the Pharisees got angry. When we come to church, things in church are spiritually caught. I am not saying that we don't have intellect. I am not that kind. We, I think it's not that kind of church that we believe. In, um, but I want you to know that the key thing is that there can be an anointing in the service, but you will not benefit. Be sensitive. Praise the name of the Lord. And one of the first sermons I preached this year was on spiritual intelligence. If you are going to walk in the miraculous, 
you must be sensitive to God. You must be sensitive. I am not saying that um, there is a, uh, there's a factor of God. No, it is your person. What I, 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 you are in any service. You are in any service. You must be sensitive because you can be in a service and be upset-minded. The Bible said the power of God. Then we're calculating. He didn't say the English very well. The grammar was not correct. How can he say that? And those things can block you from receiving. I pray for everybody that this category of friends, am I making sense to somebody this morning? Stand up on your feet. That today God will give you friends who uphold you. 